Do not disturb. Do not disturb is already on. Okay, well keep it on. No, I can't hear anything now. Okay, okay hold, hold on, on, hold on. <laughs> it's a chorus of Dawns. It's like we have a special guest on and we have Dawn. This is where the party ends. I can't stand here listening to you and your racist friend. I know politics for you, but I feel like a hypocrite talking to you and your racist friend. Oh my god. <laughs> He's got Wait, a. Where'd you get um, that? You want one? You're a virtual burger? Where do you think has impossible burgers that we can order? And at Buffalo East would have impossible burgers. And they have curbside delivery. Mm, that means Please. I have to leave the house. <laughs> oh, you guys aren't leaving the house at all? Not for a few more days. No. You must be going crazy. I went for a run today. And I just played like, like I was a spy. So if I saw someone, then I had to turn real quick because I couldn't let them see me which interestingly enough is something Stacey Williams and I used to do when we were, I'm using air quotes here, taking an SAT class. And we, we would go on campus and play James Bond, which just meant that we followed people around on campus and then would like flatten ourselves up against the building, like, you know, in the spy movies when they turn around and they see him and they like get up against the building real flat. So, other people can't see and that's really a visual story it's hard to oh, that's explain. a lot nicer than the things that i used to do on campus i remember after after a good rainstorm me and mara ewing would get in her station wagon and find puddles and students it, it was a little bad <laughs> to, to hunt puddles and people yeah that that was that's not something that i'm real comfortable with it was funny at the time <laughs> Depends on what side you're on when you decide whether it's funny. Yeah, because that's happened to me, and I've been on the other side, and it's not not fun. How you been? Good. So we're we're dealing with this coronavirus thing a little different, both of us. Oh well, we know that someone in our oldest dorm tested positive. What? Yeah. So we're not going out at all until uh, 15 days after they came home. Even my mom hasn't come over. Yeah, I haven't seen my parents yet either. You're out and about quite a bit, aren't you? I am. I am observing my distance, but yes, my job is still considered essential. So yes, I'm out showing property or, or uh, we're trying to do, I've been doing a lot of 3D and videotaping, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. I've got a few uh, I mean, tomorrow I've got several FaceTime views on, on, uh, on with the houses. So All right. I really don't want my agents out here too much either. So I'm taking on more roles than I normally would take. Because that's what you do? That's what I do. I think I would, I would die inside. I would die a slow, mis miserable death inside if I had to stay inside. Well, I, and can't, I, I can't stay still. I'm lucky because... 
I can do my work from home. I've been working. I've got clients. I have a telehealth room that I use. And so, uh, and it's secure and I can see uh, my clients and they can see me. So, so I'm still working. And so I don't, I don't think I feel as trapped as I might if I couldn't work. Luckily, I have this front porch. So I've been handling all my Zoom meetings. No matter how cold it is, I'm handling my Zoom meetings outside on the front porch. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling it Netflix and nature. <laughs> well, that's interesting because that was something I wanted to talk about today. Okay. Did I tell you about my oldest? They took a class this last year on anthropology and social justice and ecotourism and like state parks and national parks. And so we've already had some conversations about this, you know, the virus and what's happening through the world. And, and they keep saying humans are not the virus. Like this is not, this is not the earth punishing humans. And so I, it's uh, not, I believe it is, but that's okay. <laughs> you can believe whatever you want to believe. All right. <laughs> But basically what it's, what, what the argument is, is if, if humans are the cause, then overpopulation is the problem and we need to have fewer humans, right? Okay. I'm listening. Okay. But it's not actually humans that are the problem. It's capitalism. It's the consumer stuff that we're doing. It's our actions. And it's a, it's a select group of humans that are doing it. It's not all the humans. When you say that, I'm thinking of like some, like you've got this dog, right? And, okay. your, and your dog has fleas. And there are some fleas that are, you know, really disrespecting the dog, right? <laughs> you know, they don't realize what they have, you know? And so they're just, you know, they're doing whatever, they're partying, they're doing whatever the hell they want. They're, you know, there's some, they're industrious fleas, right? And they're yeah. colonizing all over your puppy. It's, you know, on the belly. It's, uh, but then there's these other ones that are just like, chill, they're like, chill out. You know, they're like, like leave the dog alone. We, we gotta be a little bit more, we gotta recognize what we have. Like Rover is awesome. We have to recognize, you know, what we're doing to Rover and we need to be, you know, kind and we're only gonna bite him occasionally. Okay. Vegan fleas? Yeah, well, not completely vegan. So they wouldn't be fleas if they weren't vegan. I mean, they wouldn't be fleas. So, but, you know, eventually, like all the fleas are bad. The fleas are an infestation. There is no such thing as a good, to the dog, there is no, and to us, there is no good flea. That's a model though, where the humans are not a part of the system. The earth could live without humans. The earth is not dependent upon, uh, its existence is not dependent upon humans. That's what we have to actually realize. Like the earth is a gift. We are lucky to have the earth. We are not. The earth can't, will survive. When we talk about destroying the planet, we're really just destroying our own existence, not really destroying the planet. The planet will replenish itself and something else will take care of it or not take care of it, but occupy it. But at the end of the day, the earth isn't, isn't we're dependent on the earth. The earth isn't dependent upon us. 
I do, I do think that the earth would continue without humans. And obviously the earth was without humans for a long time, mm -hmm. long, long time. I've seen that uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson thing where he walks on the calendar. Um, so I get that. And, and I don't think it's that it's, I don't know the way, the place that I got this afternoon when I was mulling it over and I'm not there. And that's why it works better when you and I are talking and I get there while we're talking. But the place I landed this afternoon was that it's easy to avoid taking personal responsibility if we blame like overpopulation, if we blame other humans and not, and, and don't step up and take it on ourselves as well. I don't know. I'm probably not making sense. I'm no, I think you're making sense, but we're all uh, to blame, no matter how awesome you are when it comes to recycling or, <laughs> you know, the, the, the house that you live in, you cut, cut trees were cut down to, to, to have that house, you know, built the roads that you are, that you, that you ride on, whether or not you are riding a bike or riding a car or walking on them. We, 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 cleared the, the, the pathway for those roads. So we're all being destructive in some regards to the yeah. earth. Because maybe I'm just being too negative because it was such a pretty day. It was very pretty. I enjoyed my, my run. I just stay uh, like right, the neighbors probably think I'm insane because I'm just sort of like running back and forth. You don't even go to Bryan Park? Because there are people there that are standing too close to each other. Then don't, you go around them. Come on now. I, they, I can't rely on them to keep far enough away from me. They don't yes, stay far you, enough. Then you need to just tie a, a hula hoop around you. Around you I, and just, I could run in a hoop skirt. I mean, I think it's okay. I think uh, we're doing what we can. I, I've been watching Today Show and they're all, uh, you know, the show must go on, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, then maybe we're just going to cut that part out. Okay. What part? What we were talking about? That was some good stuff there. I don't understand it. And if I don't understand it, I know I'm not making sense. But we'll get there. We could get there. We could. A lot of this times we're talking and we don't understand what we're saying until we finally get there. Yeah, I just don't think I'm going to get there with this one because it's hard. I spent some time like reading up about the the roots of environmentalism and like Teddy Roosevelt and it's a little bit. Uh, okay. So I'll be quiet. You tell, you explain, give us, give us the, the background on how you, on, on, on how you got to this conclusion and I'll just listen without saying, giving you my opinion about us being the parasites that we are on earth. Well, for one thing, I don't like to anthropomorphize a virus to make it have human qualities. Okay. Right. So like, but it's thinking and living and it wants to um, somehow hurt us. It's, it's just a thing. It's just a oh, virus. The virus. And I think humans are a part of the ecosystem. Like I think we're all connected. I mean, I know we're all connected. We're all a part of it. I think what it is, is that I want to account for specific choices that um, the United States makes or specific choices that I make as a consumer not to, not to care for the earth in whatever way. I think it's hard to be messy right now and it's hard to be 
wrong right now because everything feels so life and death. Like the, the idea that if I, that if I were actually exposed to it and I didn't know, and I went to all these and like two hours after I was there, I got symptomatic, which, you know, didn't happen. So I don't think I was shedding virus at that time, but, but, and then somebody who had diabetes went through all these and touched that shelf or, or even started a little cluster from, from that trip. Um, it just feels so he that's such a heavy thing for all of us to be carrying. We're all carrying each other in this really tight and required, like there's, there's no, there's no like opting out of this. Everybody's a part of it and everybody's responsible for everybody else. But Here's another thing I researched this week. Okay. How to survive a tsunami. I thought maybe we could get some guidance from that because to me, that's what this feels like. It's like we can see this giant wave coming toward us and we can't stop it. There's not enough critical mass to stop it from coming. And so what I found, I actually found some useful things. <laughs> about the tsunami or about yes. this? Yes, yes. Okay. The tsunami. To survive the tsunami, you have to, uh, as soon as you see the ocean start to go down, as soon as you have the, as soon as you feel the earthquake, as soon as you have like the slightest idea that it's coming, you have to take action right then. Mm -hmm. You can't wait to make sure the wave is coming. No, it's coming back. The water is going to come back. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've always realized how fragile life is. That our existence, and it's funny because I'm not what you would call a tree hugger, so to speak. You know, I mean, you're, you, you fit that bill a lot more than I, you know, like you pay attention to the, uh, the uh, gas mileage that the car that you buy gets. And I'm just looking yeah. at it because it's pretty. Or because it handles well, because it handles well, or whatever, you know, or because it's going to be fun. Uh, but I think this is a wake up call. Like you said, we, we are all connected. You know, may, may, maybe humans trying to save the earth, the earth is going to be saved, but we have to save humanity. We have to be kind to the earth enough that it allows us to stay and keep living in this blessing that we, that, that we get to take part of every day. Gratitude, you're, you're talking about like gratitude and for being here and, 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 and paying it back, taking care of it. Not, it's, it's not just that the earth will survive if we don't. I, I'm also concerned about you know, other living creatures on this earth that we hurt. Oh, oh and, but they're gonna be fine. If we leave, they're gonna be fine too. Don't you think we'll pick some of them with us? <laughs> I, 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 you know, we, we think that we, see, that's the problem. We think that we have that kind of time, right? But this virus is showing how quickly it can all be gone. You know, it, I, I remember people saying, people say this all the time, like if we take, took all the money that we spend on wars and put it towards cancer, 
and we put all the great minds towards this disease or that disease, it all could be solved, right? Mm -hmm. Because we as humans think that we are smart enough to control everything. <laughs> and this is saying, I don't care how many minds you put together, right? I mean, the world, the world has came together on this and, and you'd think, oh my God, they're, 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 we're so intelligent, we can, get, we can go ahead and solve this right away. And it's kicking our ass. But we right? are not, to be fair. I don't think you can argue that we're giving it our best effort. I'm saying the, the scientific minds right now are get, trying to get, they're trying to stop this thing. But, but they're being undermined. Like they're, they're, they have governments that are actively working against science here. Like the, the way that our government has handled this. Oh God, yes. Oh yeah, I know. Has, has delayed a scientific response. And the way that, that we're talking about it now when we're saying, oh, well, let's make sure we can all go to Easter. And, uh, and the church in Louisiana that had a service with a thousand people there. 1800 actually, <laughs> 1800. The only reason why we're coming to terms with this or our government is coming to terms with it is because of financial reasons. Right. He doesn't give a damn about the actual people that are dying. It's not even about that. It's, it's going after everybody. Does it rich, poor, now, unfortunately, I think it's, it's hitting the poor the, hard, the hardest, but. And I'm wondering, like, while we're talking and talking about, like, what does he care about and what do we care about? And um, I'm thinking a lot about narratives. What are the stories that we, that we choose to tell? We're in the middle of it right now, so it's hard. And I, I'm trying to brace myself for what to expect as a family, for what to expect as part of a friend group as we go through this, you know, like that each family is going to have breaking points. I bet there are going to be some great independent movies about the, about this time, you know, maybe in 15 years that, you know, families are going to fall apart and then they're going to put themselves back together. People with uh, anxiety and depression are going to experience an increase in symptoms just from being in such a high stress situation constantly or let's think about the positives that could come out of this well that's what i'm getting at with the narratives is i'm is i want us to use a narrative that is reality based and that also is hopeful this is going to allow some families to get closer this is also going to change the way that we work and it's also changing what we as people find important. You know, I've been talking to my neighbors more than I've ever talked to my neighbors before. I mean, that's why, I, I guess that's kind of why I live in a neighborhood with front porches so that, you know what I mean? The whole idea of people meeting each other in the middle of the street, but staying six feet apart, people weren't doing that. The, the the whole idea where people were going to work was more important than spending time with their children. I think some people are going to realize how much they love hanging out with their family and, and the universities and the corporations that we all work for, they may start to realize, my gosh, this actually worked. Production was awesome. And everyone doesn't need an office 
and moms can do what they want to do and dads can do what they they can share in the responsibility of taking care of their kids at home and not spending money on daycare you know you know what i'm saying so there's all kinds of things uh, people we're going to be a little bit more efficient i've seen more and more people walk that's why i call it netflix and nature because that's what people are doing they're on they're doing they're in the house they're catching up on their netflix people are are having zoom parties and talking about what they saw on netflix i think we're starting to connect in different ways that we weren't connecting before uh you know we watched clueless with with my my daughter like not too long ago and and i love that movie when it was in the theater i saw it like uh maybe 12 times in the theater oh my god i just love well for, to be fair uh Kevin was working nights and I was working days. So it was, you know, I needed something to do after my shifts, but I'm watching it and I'm like, like there is nothing about the lives in that. And maybe that's the, that's the point is that these people in the movie are clueless. They don't understand what regular people have to do in order to live. Most TV shows and movies that you watch, you see people in like these big houses where everybody can, fight over which parent's going to stay home because you've got that luxury and both parents feasibly could stay home. And the reality is that that's, it's, it's unusual. The, the vast majority of people are in positions where taking a couple weeks off and, and not getting paid is, is going to end Badly. It's good. I read a thing today about how many people are going to lose their health insurance because of oh this. I was trying to be positive, but yes, <laughs> no, all that shit that keeps, I, I can't go to sleep because of that. Kevin and I were listening to a, a relational cultural theory, like connection conversation is what it was right before this. Part of the conversation was about like this righteous anger that has, that has been more, <laughs> shall we say, accessible in the last couple of years because there, there's like this feeling that if you're angry you can't do connection you're not being relational because you're angry and that's it's not true like that's not true that in order to be connected you have to not have conflict so we try not to think about the really hard things and that's the paradox right to have the real connection you have to be able to have conflict you have to be able to name the things that are happening to say, hey, look at this. People are losing health insurance. Let's do something about that. Yeah, how can you, how, how can you practice that when, generally speaking, one party is being dismissed all the time? How can you actually do that when it's someone that has been constantly hurt by the other person? How can they not be mad and meet? Well, and that's what I'm saying is you don't have to not be mad. Oh, yeah. Like be mad because this stuff is bad. Yeah. Like harness that anger, but, and you can be angry. And I, maybe this is part of what we've been talking about all along. Like when we've talked about the protests and like, you know, at the beginning when people were like, can't they just be nicer? Can't they just no. nicely for them to not be Nazis? It's important to be able to access that anger in an authentic way and to feel it and to see the injustice and to, to fight the injustice without losing humanity and without 
forgetting that we're fighting injustice, not humans, even though humans do unjust things. So I don't know. How do you do that? I don't know, but if, if we did, then we'd have nothing to talk about. <laughs> we could talk about cars. Let's talk about cars. No, I, I, I know what you're saying. Is there, is there a narrative that is hopeful and honest? We're talking about like righteous anger and can you have that anger and use it for something good? Maybe we have to learn to be happy when there isn't a happy ending all the time. Here's what I think I'm trying to say. I think we all have to continue to fight. Like it, whether it's the freaking Bearcat or the farmer's market or the president that we do have right now, you know, we're getting upset about things. Even if these, the, the items that I just mentioned mm -hmm. didn't exist, we should still be fighting to do better. There's always something that we could be doing better at. So it's okay to love life and enjoy what we have, but I still think we have to continue to fight all the time. And this, this actually gets back to that politics is power book, because when you were talking about, you know, like we're all getting angry about this stuff, but it's not necessarily useful but taking action and he talks about taking local action you know finding the needs in your community and trying to work together to meet those and i guess you could say that this is uh, that this has been an opportunity to see that in action you know we've got the toilet paper thing going on in town you know people collecting toilet paper and making sure that people who don't have toilet paper get toilet paper I've seen, you know, there's the group on Facebook that No Space for Hate has sort of, I mean, lots of people worked together on, you know, people can anonymously basically just say, I need diapers or I need dog food or whatever. And then they just try to get it for them. There's not like, let's decide whether they deserve it or who comes first. It's just like, let's just try to meet these needs. And then there's the people's market. And you can like, when we ordered our produce, you could also... Mm -hmm order the same amount for another family see maybe we're discovering humanity maybe that's what I, i'm trying to say like yeah the, be, be, like loving the earth is a good thing i don't think the earth is ever going to love us back i don't think it's supposed to well it's not a thing that loves i don't know <laughs> i don't i don't know if the earth is you can't say that you can't say that the earth they isn't living I, 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 we don't know that but we're not we're an inhabitant of right of earth but i also think we have to be more we we have to start loving humanity we have to start loving ourselves as as a people and knowing that and seeing how fragile our existence really is yeah and helping out your fellow man like this is a different kind of, maybe not being able to hug people will when that time is over where we can start to hug each other it becomes a thing i'm just gonna walk down well no then it'd be assault but but i i'm gonna do a lot of hugging you're gonna hug the crap out of there yeah i'm make, gonna be make sure it's a make sure it's a person that has toilet paper okay <laughs> <laughs> but but actually what you were just so i i want a narrative that that is grounded in reality and optimistic 
so what I what I want is to acknowledge that this is really devastating. Like this is some big shit we're dealing with here. And and I want to say to everybody that's listening, you don't have to compare your experience to other people's experience for it to be hard for you. Like it's hard for every everyone is is wrestling with this because parents are with their kids all the time. And when you're with your kids, you like to put on a happy face and we want to be reassuring to our kids. We want to be like the contagious calm to our kids. And we're doing that so much that it's hard for us to be able to let, to touch the vulnerable parts in ourselves that are terrified right now. I I don't think we we can though. Well, no, I think we need to. I I mean, I think we will, but I think we, this is so scary, Amy. I know. If you're not scared, then you're not listening. If you're not scared to death, if you don't understand that this is the biggest thing that has ever happened in our lifetime, then you, you're not listening. But you, you, like you said, if you're, if you're a parent, if you're a, you, if you've got parents and right now, I think it's just about surviving, right? It's, it, we, we can tell ourselves that we're on an extended vacation right now. Some of us can tell ourselves. Some of us can tell ourselves, but other people are, are, are you know. Other people don't have water. Or shelter. None of that stuff has gone away. Right. Racism, sexism, all the stuff that we normally talk about hasn't gone away. It's just kind of been put on the back burner right now, you know? Right. But it'll be there. If we survive, it'll still be there for us to pick up. Maybe this will help humanity become more human. So what I'd like to see is on this Facebook group, you know, someone posts, I don't have a car and I've got a cabillion little kids. And so right now what they're saying is I can't get on a bus with all these kids. It's too dangerous. And, and like all these people are like, okay, I'm going by there. I can drop this stuff off for you. What if this motivated us to figure out a way to solve that problem for this family permanently all the time i i think i think that's what i i think that's what i'm saying i I think that maybe some of these things that we're doing will be our new normal we're kind of like on the titanic we're all on this big ship that's got a huge hole in it and it really doesn't matter i can't say that some of us some some of us have access to the life you know the lifeboats you know quicker than others as we get through this what are some things that we can do for ourselves and for each other to take care of each other so that we can come out of this and then remember our humanity on the other side i think the first thing that needs to happen is more people should listen to my racist friend Listen to our podcast because that'll help you feel. That'll help it. I don't know. What do you think? Do you find this where people like all complain about group texts? You know, they're like, oh, I'm getting all these texts that are like me too. And, and, and it's about that carpool and I'm not in that carpool and stop talking to me. I'm not in this group text and people get cranky about it. And one thing that I proposed was not being cranky about being in a group text together just for this period of time and everybody Mm. making an effort once once a day to just check in and say yeah 
I'm doing okay today or no, today was not a good day. I just completely fell apart. And knowing and sort of expecting that all of us will be in all of those positions. Like we will have days where we fall apart. We will have days where we're like really on it and we manage to play board games with our kids and then read a chapter book together and then bake bread together and watch a wholesome movie and fall asleep. And then there will be days where, uh, not saying that for sure I did this, but where we scream down the street at our kid, keep your distance, like in front of the neighbors and the world. And so no, like sort of expecting that and, and finding a safe place for that to live because you have to have a place to do it. So there's that. But then also, to a certain extent, we need to be able to talk with our kids about it too. You know, like to be able to say, you know, it's, it's hard for me to concentrate on your math right now because I'm pretty stressed out about the news. And, you know, we're going to work together to be safe and it's my job to keep you safe and I'm here to do that. And this is a, a pretty nerve wracking time for me. And so I'm going to do some things that help me feel calm. Like I'm going to do this yoga or I'm going to take some deep breaths. I'm going to take a hot shower, like whatever it is that I'm going to have a cup of tea and model taking care of yourself for your kids too. Like it's okay to let them know that you require self-care because you do. We're, the, we're some of the lucky ones. We don't really know anybody that has died from this yet. Or even, ha I don't know if you know of anybody that has it. I don't know of anybody that has it yet either. It's kind of weird. Sometimes the boogeyman, knowing that the boogeyman is around the corner is scarier than the actual boogeyman being, you know, you know what I mean? There's going to be, if not now, but later, there there's going to be some some healing that has to happen from all this. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think because even if we don't feel it, we even if it never comes, the fact that we comes to us directly, the fact that we get to live through this is and see the other side, we're going to realize how close it was. Yeah, and I think we're going to learn how we can support each other when this happens again. Because the other thing is, is I think this is something that happens now. Now we know this is something that happens, and and we're going to learn how to cope with it. You mean now we know it happens in general, like, because you know, we, I mean, I know we've had them before, but I don't think anyone Not like, like this, like I totally, when my son was like, there's this, there's this flu in China and it's really bad. I was like, Oh, poo poo China. Like I was unconcerned. Yeah. And I think now when that happens, I'm going to be like, Oh, hmm, I want to do some thinking about like how to take care of people in this. You know, and then they showed videos of, of the market and, and uh, you know, and honestly, it didn't look any different than markets all over the world. It, I, I mean, I think that's the thing is if it's something that's scary and other, then it's not going to hit us. And then we can yeah. feel safe. Yeah. So if we can make it about an other, then we can feel safe. And then when that safety sort of goes away, we still make it about an other because then we can feel that righteous anger about it. Well, this has been fun. <laughs>
I wrote this paper one time about how I thought Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf was really a very optimistic play because at the very end, they look at each other and say, basically, wow, today super duper sucked. Are we going to do it tomorrow? Yep. And the way I interpret that was oh that God. tomorrow, maybe they would do it better because, you know, they're falling asleep knowing how much it super duper sucked. But I was told that that was an unusual interpretation. Hmm. Well, hopefully we don't do it the same way tomorrow. Yeah, we'll, we'll do better with toilet mm. paper at least. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh don who knows what next week will bring it's just different all the time yeah and i think i've said this more than on more than one occasion i think we we have to know that we don't have our shit together oh i like that constantly we have if if everything were perfect or what we consider perfect and we are just going on with our lives 1950 and we're all white <laughs> and it's after the war and we're all white americans and you know and we we really are number one and we've got our buicks and we've got to all have our jobs and we all have our shiny houses and everything and we've got our nuclear bomb that nobody else has right yeah we would think that it was the greatest thing ever i'd have my scotch that my wife would bring me and my pack of cigs that i could you you know and it would just be all mad men doubt you know and and we would think that we were awesome and we're not and so we went on for 50 something years thinking that so 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 in that in that way like being realistic and seeing it is it's we, good. This is a good thing. It, I, I think it's gotta be. I mean, it's got. We gotta see that shit is not working for the majority of people in the world. Let's. And we, me and you, we've talked about it with sexism and 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 the racial divide that we have, and and getting to talk about that and saying that it doesn't work the way it is was the first thing. Economics also not the right thing and then we have a crazy man in the in in the <laughs> oval office and so we now we realize that everyone doesn't think it's all messed up but we're, we need to know this we need to know that our uh, medical you know that we don't have it together for us to fix all this shit yeah so knowing that you knowing that we don't have it together and that like i think it goes all the way down then also you're letting your kids know it that you don't always have it together like all the different systems there's no really good way to talk about a pandemic that's our message here today and who would have <laughs> thought we would have had to say that yeah it's unusual times pandemic all right i'll let you guys go i know you got things to do <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry why did I laugh so hard at that? <laughs> All right. All right, I'll so see you guys. And ironically watch Twilight, so. Oh, my God. We never said the My Racist Friend. We never said, like, welcome to My Racist Friend, <laughs> the podcast where we get into messy shit. <laughs> and I'm Amy Matisse, 
and you're Don Griffin. We didn't say any of that. You got it right there, though. You did perfect. Okay, done then. All right. Okay, is that good? Okay. Bye. Bye. This episode of My Racist Friend is a production of the Bloomington Center for Connection, an organization using relational cultural theory to promote social change through connection. This conversation between Don Griffin Jr. and Amy McKee's LCSW took place at separate locations in Bloomington, Indiana on Friday, March 27, 2020, and was edited for this podcast by Kevin McKees. Theme music lovingly sampled from Your Racist Friend by They Might Be Giants. Follow the Bloomington Center for Connection on Facebook and other social media platforms. You and your racist friend. What happened? Well, no, what well, Kevin wrote me a note too, and then I got confused. Um, I, I'm not good at gear shifting. <laughs> so, so me being subtle didn't help. So at being all. subtle, he was trying to be subtle. It didn't take. <laughs>